Let's talk about Rudd. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about Rudd, baby. That's Let's our intro. Let's talk about you we got and it. me. That's our intro. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And as you're listening to this, we are in prime time rut hunting. This is this is the deer hunter Super Bowl here. We're right in the middle of it. Hopefully you guys have been hunting, are planning to hunt. But I guess before we get into that, let me ask you guys, Jacob and Jeff, do you guys like hunting the rut? Because there's some guys, especially like like food plot hunters and stuff, where the rut is a big variable for them. They would they like the early season and late season where the deer are on a more predictable bed to food pattern and the rut just throws a big uh I guess a, a big question mark in there. So do you guys like hunting the rut or do you like the more predictable bed to food pattern of early season and once the the rut kind of wraps up? Uh I personally like to hunt the rut. Never had a ton of success doing it, but anytime I can see a bunch of deer um on relatively short periods of time, I'm all about that. I don't know. I wouldn't call myself a master of either, so any opportunity to be in the woods for me is good. Yeah. But yeah, I like the rut. I mean, it's, you never know what's going to come. That's what's nice for me because as we've discussed on previous podcasts, I'm not always the most patient out of the three of us. So the unpredictable, unpredictable nature of the rut helps me because it helps me to, you know, I'm, I've been known to check a trail camera see okay the deer comes by here at seven o'clock in the morning and if it gets to be 7 30 i'm like oh this is a waste of time deer's not here so the fact that the rut is so unpredictable it kind of helps me sit still a little longer because you just never know what's going to be coming any time of the day so Jeff, yeah, what I, about you i like the excitement of the rut because it's unpredictable yeah you know it with you know, especially late season hunting you know, you can really, you can set your watch by the deer a lot of times. Yeah, th- they, those are the ones where if you're, you can use your trail camera to kind of say like, oh, they're not here, they must not, I, you know, I don't know, they winded me today or something and don't know. Yeah, yeah. And also the other thing is, you know, trail cameras sometimes take, you know, ruin the excitement sometimes because it's like, oh, you know, there's no, if you're big buck hunting it's like oh there's no big bucks here but during the rut anything can happen yeah you know and any time uh the past couple of years the times i've been seeing on my trail camera the biggest bucks is like right at noon yeah and most hunters aren't in the woods at noon you know because the deer aren't moving but yeah past couple of years i've been getting trail camera photos of the biggest bucks Right of the day. Yeah, yeah, right around noon. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna power through an all day sit, the rut is the time to do it for sure. Because you've got, I don't know, I don't know the the science behind it, but you know, I would say you have just as much chance of seeing a a deer, a big giant buck at twelve noon as you do at you know first light or last light. You know, it's just yeah, um, similar to gun season as well. You know the unpredictability and yeah during gun season a lot of times if you that's another good time if you want to sit all day gun season's the time because all the activity in the woods has those deer moving yes especially if you're in a heavily hunted area if you're on a big chunk of private ground you're the only one hunting it it, you know maybe maybe not but if you're on pretty in ohio pretty much any public ground in ohio you know there's going to be people moving around in the woods Mm -hmm. pushing deer around 
you know, you've got a chance of seeing deer in the middle of the day up moving around. So I would agree with that. So with the rut, I'm, I, I also enjoy hunting the rut. It's, uh, because of that unpredictability, it helps keep me focused, you know, like, cause a deer could show up at any time. And a lot of times they're not just gonna sneak in and, you know, take their time and you'll have time to get things figured out. A lot of times they're going to come busting through cause they're on a, on a scent or they're, they're trying to find a, a, a hot scent and you might not have a lot of time to make something happen. So you kind of got to be ready all day, you right. know, which yeah. can, can wear on you, but it also just the fact that it could happen keeps you kind of keeps you engaged. Yeah. The rut's like nature's deer drive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's it's very similar. Yeah. Similar to a deer drive where you right. just never know. And typically the deer aren't taking their time moseying around. They're right. trying to get there first. Yeah. And so with the rut, I just lost my train of thought there. What was I going to tell you guys about the rut? Oh, so during the rut, your tactics want to, you want to change your tactics a little bit during the rut and hunt kind of those funnels or those pinch points where deer are going to be kind of necked down into a, into an area, whether that's, you know, around a pond edge or something where they, you know, there's a, there's a, sh- a sharp ridge and a, and a pond or some kind of a terrain feature, uh, uh, you know, like a, a low spot in a ridge where they always cross through some kind of a, a high traffic area because the deer, the bucks are going to be out cruising, looking for does, right? And is that kind of what you guys do? Yeah. Yeah typically switch more from hunting food sources to more of pinch points and travel corridors. Not saying that you can't be successful hunting food sources as well. Um, Does come to the food sources, bucks follow. But I like to switch, you know, switch it up a little and focus more on travel corridors and pinch points. Yeah. Do you guys have any good, I guess so to back up, we didn't, we we said we were going to talk about the rut. We don't really have a a topic in mind for today other than we're just going to kind of have a BS session about the rut, hunting the rut, things we've experienced during the rut. So there's not really a, I guess, an overarching theme other than the rut. So this may be kind of wandering and we'll see where we go with it. But we've talked a little bit about hunting the rut, if we like to hunt the rut, how to hunt the rut. Do you guys have any interesting or exciting stories from hunting the rut during the rut i have an interesting tip slash strategy thing a lot of people are afraid to shoot does during the rut because they're gonna blow up their stand and the deer are all gonna disappear because they can smell that there's been a fresh kill i've put trail cameras on carcasses you know the the leftovers from when i it's like the opposite's true yeah, especially during the rut. Yeah. You, every buck in town comes and sniffs that carcass. Right. And so I I wouldn't be afraid to, you know, if you're out early and a big doe walks by and it's cool enough, put an arrow in a doe. And you, if you have two tags, put an arrow in a doe, you know, gut it and leave that doe there and get back up in the stand and hunt. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense that doe's carrying scent the scent the bucks after i mean that doe is in estrus or close to it if it's the rut so having that it's almost like having your own perfectly 
prepared scent scent yeah. bomb scent, scent bomb right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because it's nothing getting any more natural than that yeah. yeah people think that the smell of the blood scares the deer and i i, I haven't experienced yeah, i can't yeah. speak specifically to the rut i've never shot a doe during the rut and then had a buck come sniff it but i do know during gun season i've shot a deer and you know gutted it out tagged it out went back on it was early went back on the tree and deer don't pay no difference they walk right over it yeah. they'll step right over the dead deer <laughs> they don't they don't care i um, there was an episode of growing deer with dr grant woods where i think in missouri they can part of their rifle season overlaps with the rut i believe and so. he and they also don't have to come off stand and tag their deer like paper tag their deer because I remember right. in that episode, he yeah. shot a doe and left and it lay, never left the blind, and then shot another, and ended deer. up shooting a buck that came in, right? Scent checking that dead right. deer, right? And so that's definitely, <coughs> excuse me, that's definitely a a tactic. That's a good, that's a hot tip, yeah. as the as they've been doing on the meat eater. They've been doing their almost daily hot tip or whatever. I don't know if you guys follow them, but so that's a good that's a good tip. The other thing is during the rut. A lot of your your calling and your you know your all those hunting accessories you know that's when those are typically most effective. Your rattling, your your grunt tubes, you know those are those are when those things are going to be most effective because the deer are you know sorting out dominance. If they think there's another buck in the area, they're going to come in and and check it out. You got to use those things smartly, wisely. I don't think smartly is a word. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think uh, so. Maybe I just made it up. Use those things wisely in that a mature deer is probably going to want to try and circle downwind of where he thinks he heard that grunt or that rattling sequence from. So if you can set up in your funnel or your pinch to where he can't get downwind of you because it's too thick or there's, you know, uh, something, some kind of a terrain thing, an open field that he might not want to cross through or but I don't know, during the rut, they do, it's a big variable. They do some they do funny all things. kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. So. I've seen some pretty big bucks walking right through the middle of a cut cornfield with their nose to the ground. During the day. Yeah. During the day. Yeah. So basically, I guess, just get out there and hunt. Enjoy the rut. See some deer. Hopefully you see some deer. And just get out there and hunt, man. Yeah, Rattle yeah. some antlers together if you want. Hit some grunt tubes. Try it out. See how it works. See what works. See what doesn't. But it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, Fun time to be in the woods for sure. So, where do we go from here? I got I got something. Jeff, Jason, either one of you can chirp in, I guess. Um, what are your experiences with calling, rattling during the rut? Has anyone got any good stories? What works best? What phases of the rut, if you want to get into that? Early rut, prime rut, late rut, whatever. Um, you know, when does rattling work best for you? I personally have not had much experience luck I guess with much of any of it I, I've used them all and I've had deer come I've not had deer come yeah. I can't say I've ever you know people say oh I rattled that one in I can't say I've ever rattled a set of antlers and known that a deer came in because I rattled them right I maybe it had something to do with it maybe it didn't you know I've hit a grunt tube when I've seen a buck and to me it didn't look like he cared too sense about me hitting that grunt tube he did end up coming in but he just came in i think naturally i just yeah had nothing to do with me grunting at him i don't think right. um so i was just curious what you guys 
have experienced? What do you like? What's your preference? I've never had a moment where, yeah, I've rattled a, a, you know, knew that I rattled a buck in. Dad, on the other hand, swears by rattling. Right. He loves that's, it. That's he's, yeah, he'll the only tell you, calling I'll rattle he really that one does. Right. Yeah. yeah. He rattles all the time and he'll tell you, yeah, I saw that deer cross the other side of the field. I rattled the antlers together. It came right to me. Yeah. I've personally never had it happen. Never had that kind of luck. The only time I've ever had, I've used the call and knew that a buck, a deer responded to it at all was the can call. The can call. I use that thing all the time, no matter what season, and I've had luck. I've also had luck calling coyotes with it. Really? I've seen coyotes across the field and used it and try to make it a little more high pitch if possible, you know, kind of slam it down, which increases the pitch. Mm -hmm. Sounds more like a fawn. And I've had coyotes come over to check what it was. Hmm. I, I can't think of a time where I've had a deer respond to rattling, at least not directly. But I'm trying to think if I've even ever been in the situation where I saw a deer a long way off, rattled, and watched it come in. I don't think right, I, have. I never have. I've done some some blind rattling that may or may not have drummed up some activity. Now, I will say that buck I shot last year, I saw those deer because there was a couple deer off in the distance. And I didn't rattle, but I did hit the grunt call a couple times. And I, I do think that that brought those deer my direction. They didn't come in on a string, but I think... I think in the back of their mind they heard that because it was a it was a the button buck came in first, then the does kind of followed, and then that's what brought the big buck was following the does. Put old curly in, right? And uh, I think it had something to do with them coming that way. It could have been coincidence because, like I said, it wasn't like I hit the you know hit the grunt and here they come. But uh, I'm thinking it had something to do with them kind of meandering that way eventually. Hard to say for sure. Uh, it's all probably hard to say for sure unless right. unless you're in a situation where you call, you see the deer pick its head up and start coming your way. Then you can pretty definitively say, yeah, it responded to the call. I've never been in a situation like that. I, You guys ever had any luck with a snort wheeze? I've sn- I snort wheezed at one buck once. I snort wheezed at a deer one time with an electronic call mm-hmm. and it ran away. Which is is a risk you run with a snort wheeze, right? right. Like you kind of need to be snort wheezing at the dominant the dominant deer around, right? Because it's that's a pretty uh, dominant sound. Right. It's like a "Hey, I want to fight you" kind of a. At least that's what the, that's what you hear, right? That's what right. you read or whatever. That it's a it's a last ditch effort kind of thing. right. And that's when I it was kind of a hail mary. Like this deer kind of knew something was up and was starting to turn to go the other way. And I gave it a little snort wheeze action, and it kept going the other way. So, but uh, I just learned the other day that electronic calls are legal for deer. I I don't know why. I just thought all electronic calls, except for I knew you could use them for coyotes, but I just thought electronic calls were illegal for most hunting other than coyote. I was actually watching some you know hunting show on YouTube. And he was talking about testing out an electronic collar. He had the, the collar out in the middle of the food plot. And I'm thinking, wow, this guy put this on the internet. That, that He's breaking the law. Like, that's really not smart. And I was like, I better check into that. And for deer, it's legal. Yeah. Never had 
any luck with any really. Yeah. But I've never used one because I like I said up until yeah. two days ago or whatever I thought they were illegal. So I don't know my experience again. I've I've never purchased an official electronic call. I guess I just but like the sounds you can download on your phone. To yeah. me, they don't sound accurate yeah. at all. Anyhow, I've listened to them and I'm like, that'll really scare them away. <laughs> <laughs> It's but. another good way to call coyotes. I've done that too. Is you know had sounds downloaded on my phone, use that, and you know see a coyote while you're out deer hunting and call it in. Yeah, yeah shoot it in the butt. Oh, I did do that. Okay, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I did do that. I guess. Yeah, that coyote screamed when you shot it in the butt. <laughs> yeah, that coyote was on the move though, pretty yeah. good, wasn't it? It was yeah. a deer drive. Yeah, so it was being pushed. Yeah, yeah. gun season. I'm in blaze orange. It, it knew I was there. Right. It knew, you know, it could see all of us and yeah, it was on its way out of those woods. Yeah. Okay. Well, what else do we want to cover about the rut? Uh, I don't know. Oh, Jeff. you guys talked about people talking about it, it being, being an early. early rut. Right. What were you going to say to Jeff before I, I was going to ask you? that exact oh. same question? I was going to say, Jeff had mentioned that the experts as he referred to them, I'm not sure who the experts are, but Right. I've been talking about it being an early rut and what that actually means or doesn't mean. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the experts, so-called experts, magazines, you know, are all saying it's going to be a really early rut this year. And maybe by the time this comes out, the rut may, you know, it may be lockdown phase now and the deer are being bred now because they're, they're, a lot of them are calling for peak seeking activity uh, or chasing activity to be right around Halloween. So we might we might be late to the punch here. I doubt it because that big of a variant in the rut is would be very surprising, but we'll have to see. And I guess to, to kind of piggyback on that, so when hunters talk about the rut, we all, uh, you know, all oh, the deer, the rut removing, or, you know, the, the rut's on, the deer moving around, that's really like the seeking phase, as Jeff mentioned. The well, deer yeah. are cruising around trying to find the first receptive does or they've found a doe and they're moving to the next doe. When you get into that, you know, it's a bell curve, right? You got some deer trickling in, some does trickling into estrus, meaning they're ready to be bred. The bucks are, are running around trying to find those deer. When when the peak of that bell curve, when all those does are in estrus, Jeff mentioned lockdown. All the you know they've the bucks have found a receptive doe and aren't leaving her side, and they're gonna go find some thick cover somewhere, and he's gonna follow her around for the next couple hours until like the absolute right moment to where she lets him breed her, and then. I guess I don't know the specifics of he if he will then stick with that doe and try to breed her again, or if or if at that point he's done with her and he's on to the ne- trying to find another receptive doe. A I lot of times they try to defend while she's in her peak period. Okay. They they will breed her and try to defend her. Okay. Right, I've heard it's like a seventy-two hour period, give or take the lockdown. It's so it's a couple days that they go hide in the thick stuff. Right. Because it is possible for a doe to have twins with two different fathers. Really? That is biologically possible. So they they need you need to kind of defend, you know, your seed there. 
because it it's possible. Is that possible in humans? Very rarely. I I believe it is. I I guess it, I if, think I've I've right, seen twins it. would be. It would depend the, on they the would kind have to of produce twins. two eggs. Yeah, it would depend right. on the twins. Some twins the egg splits. Other right, twins. Right. Okay. Fraternal versus. Yeah, I think it's a lot more common in deer than it is in humans. Or, well, I think that's probably due to the promiscuity of. Yeah, the deer. yeah there's a there's an element of that there. <laughs> too, fair yeah. enough. Fair yeah. enough. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I think uh, the other thing is uh, your population balance has a big part of your rut too. If you're overrun with does, which is again why it's important, one of the reasons it's important to harvest does. If all you do is shoot bucks every year, you're going to end up with, you know, four to one doe to buck ratios. And at that point, the bucks aren't going to, your rut's not going to look like what you want it to look like because your bucks aren't going to have to move. They have the pick of the litter. You know, they got four does just to themselves. They don't have to fight other deer off. They don't have to worry about another buck coming in because there is no other buck. Right. So that's another thing just in terms of population management and you know, harvest goals. Which I think that that hits on something important about the rut, right? You hear a lot of talk of like, oh, the the rut sucked this year or the rut was great this year. I think you get population pockets where you have situations like that that affect, my opinion is the rut being good or bad is just how much daytime activity you saw right. during that. The, yeah. the deer are moving and breeding right the same time every year all the real experts the scientific the phds that have studied this the rut happens the same time every year Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of if you saw it during the day if you were out there right you know or you've got these population variables that say we've got a bunch of does and just a few bucks and so the 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 bucks can just kind of hang out and they don't have to go cruising around to where you're going to see them moving through these pinch points. Right. There's also weather as a variable. If you have a 70 degree rut, the deer are going to move less. They, they will overheat if they're running around like they would run around on a cool rut day. The deer, especially during daylight. I mean, they're going to do a lot of their rutting behavior at night where they're not going to know that it's even happening other than on trail camera. Or, you know, that may be a time to hunt over water during the rut because that's a, that's another tactic, right? They're, those bucks are doing so much running that they need to be hydrated. And so they're going to swing by those places where they can get water coming to and from. And so that might be a, you know, if it's a warm rut, maybe hunt near water. I, uh, if I remember, if you, like the actual scientific research says the rut is triggered by photo period, the amount of daylight, you know, and so that... The largest factor, yes. Yeah. So that doesn't really change from year to year. That photo period happens the same time. The variability that hunters see comes from some of those other variables, the weather, and therefore how much you're going to see during the day. Right. Those those are going to get bred. You can look at, you know, they 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 do the... the uh, fetus measurements, and they can tell how far along those does are in their... Um, what's the word I'm looking gestation and they can go back and say, okay, this, this doe was bred on whatever. And I'm pretty sure I I can't quote the literature by any means, but what I've read from like actual scientists, not hunters, not big name, you know, anything related to hunting 
primarily all white-tailed deer are bred like within the same three-day period every year. Right. No matter what. It's like November 12th through the 15th or something. Somewhere in there is when the actual magic happens. So prior to that is your seeking, when what right. we call seeking, the chasing, rut. right. As hunters, what we like to see, the deer moving. Right. But that's, and that's just what the scientists say. That has nothing to do with what hunters see, don't see, what hunters think. That's just literally taking a deer that dropped its fawn on this date, and then we go back however many days the gestation period is. I'm not sure. Jeff, you might know the right. number. But. Well, as, as hunters, we refer to the rut as typically when people are talking about the rut, they're actually talking about the chasing phase right. of the rut, where the rut in scientific terms is the entire breeding process, which has three stages. There's seeking, which is bucks going around kind of trying to find the first receptive doe and you know, finding where the does are at. They're, they're just trying to get a stat, establish where the does are at. Then there's chasing, which is what we really want to see, which is the bucks chasing the does around. They're sniffing. They're, they're trying to find does to breed. And then there is the lockdown or the actual breeding phase, which is when the the actual breeding happens and the bucks are tending to one or a few receptive does. Then there's, I guess you you've, you hear people talk about the second rut or, oh, the rut's still going on. Typically what that is, is that year's fawns, the does that were born in the spring, have reached sexual maturity after the mature does. I think they've, for some reason I've heard, um, like they've got to reach a body weight of like 70 pounds and then they become sexually mature or, or receptive. Yeah. 70, and, 75. Those are the numbers I've heard as yeah, well. So yeah. a lot of times for us that happens around gun season. And so you may see some of that activity either leading up to, you know, that Thanksgiving time frame or around gun season. So you can, and, and there's a lot of variables in gun season with people in the woods, but you can have some success with like your doe and estrus sense during that time because there could be some of those years' does becoming sexually yeah. receptive. Also with the second rut, does that were not bred during mm. the first rut, rut or who for some reason lost their fetus early will come into estrus again at that point in order to be bred. Right. So again, that could have a lot to do with your population dynamics. If you have too many does for the bucks to keep up with, your does are going to go into that second estrus just because there wasn't a buck to breed them. Yeah, yeah. So That reminds me, I remember reading about one of these things they did in, in New York where they, I forget exactly what they did. I think they they operated on the does to where they couldn't get pregnant. They couldn't reproduce or something like that. This is New York City or New York State? Probably New York City, somewhere in New York okay, City. Okay, this was a, a population management tactic. Yes. Okay. Yes. What they didn't take into account was those does basically stayed in perpetual estrus, estrus. because they couldn't be bred or they, or they couldn't carry, I don't know if they, I don't know. I wish I had looked this up before we talked about this, but they did something to where the does couldn't reproduce. But what 
ended up happening is the population stayed flat or or maybe even went up a little bit because of the influx of bucks that came into the area because it was a just a giant estrus party bomb. right a giant estrus bomb a giant buck bomb canister right. in there so it, it it was just kind of one of those funny like they spent all this money taxpayer money to right. operate on these deer to try and decrease the population and you know when they could have just let hunters do it but right it just reminded me of that story so anything else about the rut we want to talk about while we're on the topic do you guys have any sort of favorite tactic or trick for the rut because i'll start off my favorite thing to do during the rut is hunt well yeah (laughs) Yeah. but favorite hunting tactic is creating a scent trail scent drag yeah i have had a lot of luck with scent drags you know i've had it where i'm pretty sure i've jumped deer out of thickets and they've circled back got onto my scent trail and followed me to my stand really yeah so i i've had a lot of luck with that so that's my favorite i i have a i've done some scent drags here recently i i haven't had much luck like the scent the the you know, if you listen to our our gear episode, we talked about using tampons for scent drags. The past couple times, like, I must not have had them tied on good or, or something. They get ripped off, and I get to where I'm going, and the thing's gone, and it was like, well, that was screwed up. But I will put one out when I get to where I'm going, and this is kind of a hot tip. Instead of, if I'm especially if I'm in a tree stand, I've got a, I don't know how long it is, I don't know, 10 feet long or something, piece of rope cord it's more like cord that i will hang from my stand so that that scent wick is down closer to ground level versus up where i'm at my thought being that that's that scent is going to travel along the ground more like it would if a deer was on the ground and and it's not going to be intermingled as much with my scent because that's always a struggle with scent right you want the scent to carry somewhere where you think a deer is going to smell it but if it's carrying your scent or right. the scent from the your your scent wick, right? It's also carrying your scent that way, and so you got to think about think about that, right? Maybe you set your your wick up, I don't know, forty yards. The trouble with that, you're is you're hoping that the deer circles downwind and comes into your shooting window. If you set it up forty yards and it just comes straight into it, now the deer is too far away. Forty yard shot for me is too far. So it's, it's always a struggle. So that's, that's why I, I will hang the scent wick from my stand right where I'm, you know, right where mm-hmm. I'm posted up, but I put it down near ground level, hoping that, you know, it's going to play out to where this, the deer will get on the scent wick scent and not be too perturbed by my scent. I don't know if that, you know, instead of might, an estrus human scent. Yeah. Yeah might be one of these things that, you know, you just make up and you tell yourself, like, oh, yeah, this will be better, but I don't know. It's a hot oh. tip. If you use it and it works, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I don't know that I have any tip or trick or favorite tactic. I haven't personally had a ton of rut success, so I can't really speak to it. I don't know. I mean, I've hunted the rut. I've seen deer movement, but never, I don't think I've ever actually killed a deer during the rut. 
I'm trying to think about it. We're going to have to change that this year. Yeah. We got the rut vacation coming. Yep. Rut weekend. Yep. Excited about it. Well, in the past, if you, again, if you listen to previous episodes, I didn't really have a good tree stand set up. I was lugging a yeah. old-fashioned heavy hang-on stand, which... Now you're hooked up, man. Right. Now I got a climber. Been practicing with it. So... Speaking of our our rut hunting trip, this episode will launch just before we go on that trip, and we're going to try to... Uh, we might record an episode while we're down there. I don't know when we'll get it released, but definitely follow us on social because we'll be doing Instagram stories and things like that of what we're seeing, what we're experiencing. If we've got reception, that's the big that's the big variable down there is if you're somewhere where you can get cell service and, and make some of these posts. So hopefully, at the very least, maybe we can get up on top of the hill and post some of our videos and stuff from our from that day. We'll see, but... Definitely follow us on social. We're uh, Ohio Huntsman Podcast on Instagram and Ohio Huntsman on Facebook. So Yeah, it should be a good weekend. We're going to have a good amount of guys in the woods. It's always a good weekend, man. So, that's true. Good weekend. Anytime at the cabin's a good time, but uh, I think it's going to be a fun time. I like that time. Yeah, I mean, the cabin's always fun, and it's typically not super, super cold yeah. yet. It's the rut, so you never know what's going to happen. It's just... Uh, it's a good time to be in the deer woods. Anything else exciting about the rut that we think we need to cover? Timing of the rut? Anything? Nope. Covered at all? I think we BS'd enough about the rut. I don't know. Other than get in the woods. I mean, any chance you get. Yeah. Don't be afraid, you know, if whatever, you know, you're held over at work or, you know, it's not like early season and late season where the deer are on their pattern and if you don't get in your stand by the perfect time you're going to mess everything up you know anytime you can be in the woods for that two-week period yeah beginning of november to the middle of november i would say you're probably going to catch some rut activity and anytime you can be in the woods i mean even if it's you can only sit in the woods for two hours in the middle of the day i'd recommend doing it yeah because you're going to see deer get out there give it a try you're certainly not going to kill them on the couch so right right Got to get in the woods. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up then. Like I said, we are Ohio Huntsman on Facebook, Ohio Huntsman Podcast on Instagram. Follow us there. We're, you know, we're posting Instagram stories and things when we're in the woods, what we're seeing, what we're coming across, what we're up to. So that's a good way to kind of keep up to date on everything. Subscribe to the show. That way you get notified when there's new episodes. We, We typically post new episodes every Tuesday, so... Subscribe to the show. We'd also appreciate it if you would leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people find the show and, and helps get the word out. The other thing you can do to help get the word out that we'd really appreciate is if you're listening to the show, take a screenshot of whatever app you use to listen to the show and share it to your social. You can share it on uh, even on Go Wild. I don't know if you guys use Go Wild, but Go Wild has a feature where you can log your your hunting activities and one of those is listening to an outdoor podcast and you can go in there and then you can select that you've been listening to whichever episode of the Ohio Huntsman podcast and that way other people can can see the show can ask you about the show it's another way to spread the word if you will so if you're on go wild we'd appreciate that or or whatever social platforms you're you're on whatever you like take a screenshot and share it and with that i think we're going to wrap it up and thanks for listening